Do the trashy pulp novels of the world have anything to offer? Our bestsellers all they're cracked up to be. Here at Terrible Book Club, we explore whether you really can judge a book by its cover or its ridiculous synopsis. You ever passed a book and thought, ugh, who's reading this? We probably are. Episode 43 of the Terrible Book Club. This time we read Crabs, The Human Sacrifice, book six in the Crab series by Guy N. Smith. Uh, I'm Paris, and uh, this is uh, Krabby Chris. Oh, yeah. I'm a little itchy today, Paris. How about you? I, I You know, it, it's... It's not those kinds of crabs we're no, talking about, no, actually, this sadly. Is, this, so No. Uh, we're talking about actual, like, proper crab-ass crabs. <laughs> yes, uh, crustaceans uh, yes. from the ocean. Uh, so if this is your first time tuning into the Terrible Book Club, what we do here is we read books that we assume will be bad based on their cover, title, summary, or some combination thereof. So we're real, real uh, shallow in the way that we choose books. So sure. we force ourselves to read books that we would never otherwise pick up. Uh, and usually this experiment results in a hilariously disappointing read, but once in a while a book comes through that's at least partially subverts our assumptions. Um, so this ain't one of them. No, no, this is not one of them. This no, was, I got what was... I got. Pretty much what I expected when I read yeah. the, the back cover and I saw the front cover, which is a giant crab holding like a sword or perhaps a really big knife in its claw. It's kind of <laughs> the scale is kind of hard to determine. Yeah. But let's just start off by saying the the crabs in this book are like cow sized. Yeah, there are some some that are smaller, but mostly they're enormous. Um, so before before we get right into the story, uh, a couple of things. So one, thank you to Reddit user Dick Dastardly who suggested this book when I asked somewhere on some book thread on Reddit uh, for bad horror horror books, and thank you to everyone who voted for this and essentially chose the episode. Uh, all list- some listeners voted on it. Everyone wanted this crabs book. Uh, the other the other option was like some. I don't know, some, like, not necromancy, uh, what's the fucking dead people stuff? What, what is, why can't I think of the word? Necrophilia? Yes, thank you. Jesus, why? Wow, sorry. (laughs) I got caught in, like, a really bad thunderstorm and got, like, briefly blinded by lightning. Okay, so I guess you're, like, a little bit disoriented for this episode. Oh, yeah, a little bit. Um. Someone cast a stun spell on you or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so anyway, um, thank you to that Reddit user for suggesting, and thanks for all of our listeners for unanimously choosing the crabs. Yeah, y'all um, really wanted to hear about some crabs. Maybe you're all into seafood. I mean, we did that crawfish baby one. Oh, we did a yeah. mermaid thing before, so seafood's kind of a theme uh, in, yeah. for a time book club. <laughs> I noticed, I was thinking about this the other day, we're like, you know, we kind of have New Englandy themed things in general. Your seafood. I think of vampires and ho- in terms of horror to be sort of New Englandy themed anyway it depends on who you're either talking about or whatever yeah so, unless you're in the you know, Anne rice universe where they're kind of exactly southern, that's but... kind of where i default cast any non-transylvanian vampires into so 
Yeah, we're just sticking with the theme here, but this time it's a little bit of a horror thing because it's October. We're trying to be a little spooky over here, and this is definitely a gory book. Yeah, uh, so content warning before we begin because, you know, hey, third third time we're doing this. Look at us being consistent. All right, so before we continue, uh, please note that this episode contains discussion and graphic descriptions of blood and bleeding, crabs, <laughs> cutting, disease, dismemberment, drugs such as cyanide, cancer, masturbation, ritual sacrifice, sexual assault, regular old consensual sex, generalized violence against humans and animals, and weapons such as guns, knives, and swords. Yeah, there's a whole lot of fun stuff in this book. And honestly, like, I don't think it's necessarily meant to be a highbrow thing. But at the same no. time, it's not necessarily hitting all the notes I want. Like, maybe like, if this is supposed to be kind of like a shitty B monster movie from the 70s or something, this wouldn't be the one that I would enjoy watching even on kind of like a so bad it's funny level. Yeah, it's pretty. Ter- so I'll give you uh, I'm going to read. I'm going to read what the summary is for this book. Like if you look it up on Amazon or at a library, this is what you get. Although it's admittedly not a summary, but this is what they give us the summary. The girls listened intently. The wetlands were silver and shadow in the moonlight. The salt marsh grasses rustled. Out on the mudflats, curlews called mournfully. The girls shivered. The incoming tide trickled and lapped up hidden creeks. Soon the wildfowl will be winging down, the waders feeding and squabbling at the water's edge. The girl struggled. Despairingly, she pulled at the ropes that held her, naked and spread-eagled, a human sacrifice for the crabs. Huge, eaten away by the mutating disease that doomed them, they were returning, dragging themselves out of the water, intent only on tearing apart and devouring their enemy. Man! Uh, yeah, so that's what they give us- It sounds like a B-movie summary, you know? Yeah, so what really is going on is that it basically is a torture porn about giant crabs ripping people apart- um, but there's a like, lot of my the, like the good parts of the book I would consider to be the parts where crabs are ripping people apart. <laughs> yeah, sadly, that is kind of where the book succeeds, I guess, um, because the sort of the backdrop behind, you know, behind all the crab uh, murder is that there's uh, the crabs have weird crab cancer, which I guess is described in one of the other six books in the crab series yeah, we, or seven yeah. books. I don't, I don't know. It, it's... We jumped in kind of late here. So we might be real loose on the crab lore or whatever. Well, yeah. Except which is the name of my doom metal band now, by the way, oh, crab lore. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's just like only dude, you can write so many songs about the fucking moon. Like that's already yeah. a super metal concept. Like the moon fucking, sea beings you can make it like lovecrafty and yeah totally exactly. go, go we're, down we're there developing this we'll develop this later not on the podcast don't, don't steal our ideas please yeah don't don't make the band crab lore we'll find you um ours yeah um so these crabs have this weird uh i guess crab only cancer like it doesn't seem crab like sir yeah, Crabancer. yes um and the subtext it's not explicitly stated but the subtext is that Humans did something to cause the crabs to get cancer. It's very vague. Um, it's just like, I don't know, people ruin the earth, right? I mean, and, and they're right about that. I mean, um, humans ruin other species all the time. And, you know, we ruin our own habitats, never mind other that of others. So it's very plausible, um, like, the concept of humans 
doing something fucking dumb to the in, to the external, you know, non-human environment and fucking something up. But, like, they don't give you any details. I think the idea was that, like, our nuclear radiation testing caused the crabs to become big, but at the same time, that's also what gave them the crab cancer. Oh, yeah, I think you're right. I think they did ma- mention nuclear radiation testing. Like, that's what kind. made them, I think, once again, not really deep on the crab lore or anything. So I'm <laughs> yeah. kind of, you know, with th- this part, we might be totally wrong on. We're willing to accept that. But then again, this book doesn't really lean on that stuff too much because somehow the crabs are almost... Like, setting dressing. They just kind of appear yeah. to attack people whenever it's necessary. And otherwise, like, the, the problems they cause are resolved without much doings by the main characters in this book. Yeah. Which I guess we should introduce them at this point. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I was just I was just getting to, like, the general oh, story. Um, so these crabs have this, like, horror... They're, like, I guess irradiated mutant crabs. And the... I don't know. They call it cancer, but if it's radiation, I, I don't. I don't really know what it is. It, radiation cancer, sure. Um, it makes them huge, and it also makes them like more cerebral. Like they're more intelligent, and they hate human beings, and they only want to like torture and eat human beings. Like sometimes they don't even want to eat them; they just want to rip them apart and fucking like destroy them. Yeah, they they're basically like nature's vengeance personified. Yeah, or yeah. Or crab sodified. I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh and caught up in all of this um are there's this vegan uh animal rights group which is just called Animal Rights Group. <laughs> yeah, like, like this is how lazy and shallow this, this author was being where yeah. they just call their animal rights group Animal Rights Group like it's a fucking generic store brand evil eco-terrorist organization that you got yeah they for like 50 cents off yeah they couldn't have like i don't know come up with fucking anything i mean even they could call themselves crab lore which is a dope (laughs) name for like a crab based eco-terrorist group all right so at first the uh the animal rights group was just a regular animal rights group where they were just like protesting and trying to get people to you know vote you know participate in the government and like maybe vote for candidates who are gonna not vote for laws that test on animals and shit like that, like normal stuff. And then they, they kind of got co-opted by this dude, Pete, who is a total psychopath, uh, sociopath, question mark. I don't know. And he, um, he's literally a cartoon villain. Yeah. He's a very evil for the sake of being evil. Uh, Yeah. And he takes over the animal rights group uh, of vegans and basically turns them into like uh, a crime syndicate where they're just, murdering people and torturing well, them usually it's them dropping the people off to be killed by the crabs so it's the, the crabs are doing the murdering. well really. no i mean pete pete definitely murders some people straight up in this book on a system oh, crabs oh yeah I think, um, yeah I think. and he has this girlfriend partner christine who is, like, kind of into the fact that he beats the shit out of her and treats her like trash. Like, she's like, yeah, I kind of like this. But then she's also always complaining about it. So, I don't know. Uh, Um, Christine's whole character is... I don't understand why she's there other than to make Pete look extra worse or something. Yeah, I mean, she's just set dressing like the crabs. She's literally an object to be abused by Pete both physically and sexually and mentally. Pretty much all around in every single way. Yeah, it's weird, though. So, Pete is, like... I don't know. He he's a weird sadistic asshole, but he doesn't he doesn't ever 
have sex with her or do really anything sexual. Like, he just beats her and gets hard and, like, stands in the moonlight right, looking, looking Pete, cool. I don't know. Pete is permanently hard of cock. Like, that <laughs> might as well be his, like, title, Pete hard of dick, because I don't think this dude never has a boner. Yeah, he's he's kind of always ex- sexually aroused by anything to do with violence and crabs later on like it Uh, starts off with him being turned on by violence and then it escalates to him just being like turned on by crabs and crab worship because he wants to be hard like his master's shell yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah so it gets like really out of control when pete's like yeah, like, at first, he's like, yeah, we gotta protect the crabs, because, of course, people are like, hey, there's fucking mutant crabs murdering people, like, we kinda gotta do something about this, and so the military and the government are, you know, they're, like, blockading certain parts of the ocean, they're, like, tracking the movements of the crabs, and they're shooting them when they see them, and Pete is like, no, they can't kill them, they're crabs, how dare they, De- poor defenseless crabs, even though they're obviously fucking killing machines, like, I, I don't get it. Um, I think Pete's logic is that this is the crabs and nature taking their natural vengeance against mankind who has abused nature and animals for forever, but even the book itself says, like, because it's kind of told from Christine's perspective whenever we're in the middle with Pete or whatever, and it seems to her that Pete just likes to murder, and the animal rights thing is just a shallow excuse to start doing that more. Yeah, the author straight up says that. Like, it's not even left to the imagination. The author is like, hey, just in case you didn't notice, like, (laughs) you know, he doesn't actually care about this. Like, yeah, we get it. Um, And then Pete kind of takes things to a new level, uh, and he decides that he's going to worship the crabs, and that they are his humans are disgusting and so is he he needs to be more crab like or i don't know he just likes them a whole lot there's this weird scene where out of nowhere like it the whole crab worship crab gods thing starts when out of nowhere he and christine are in their apartment and he's he like sets up this little dead crab like in a cool stance you know like probably like like on the <laughs> real front of amateur the book. taxidermy and and he makes christine stand in front of the crab altar naked crab altar now on tour with crab lore <laughs> and he makes christine masturbate and he masturbates in front of the crab as like like he make he cuts both of their palms and they masturbate with bloody palms to the crab altar and like I don't understand that. By the way, like none all. of this really has it. Like the crabs don't give a shit or anything about no. being worshipped. <laughs> no. Nothing comes of this except it's just a weird scene to demonstrate how fucking weird Pete is. I guess yeah. with his hard crab shell dick fantasy i don't know he's literally just like oh he's evil because he's so evil and he likes to murder to be evil they try to like make him i guess compelling but oh it's because he's an animal rights guy but then they undercut that with just hit them saying oh no he just likes to murder so like why it's not an interesting villain except for the fact that everyone thinks he's kind of indestructible a little bit or something like christine won't attack him and she's convinced that if anyone else tried to attack him he would come out fine because he has i don't know like good fight skills for some reason uh yeah supposedly he has a a a black belt in question mark some martial (laughs) art like like that's always all crab roddy yeah crab roddy yeah he's got fucking i don't know crab Uh, maga (laughs) (laughs) wow uh well crab isn't belted i don't or maybe it Maybe it is. I don't know. Krav's kind of bullshit anyway, but oh, sorry. I have a lot of friends that do Krav, Krav and they're probably going to yell at me for saying it's kind of bullshit, but it's kind of bullshit. Anyway, um, 
but yeah, like uh, anyway, of yeah. So he's Pete's supposed to be this like indestructible, sadistic asshole murderer, and yeah, like her said, you you don't. I don't know, and it's really weird because very late in the book, Christine is like, oh, he used to be so so great, and then and then like he was changed by this one event, and I'm like, oh fuck, okay, now we're gonna get an explanation, like. What was he, like, gang-raped as a child? Like, did he... I don't know. Was he, like, forced to kill other people or something? No, you know what? You know what changed him forever into a sadistic murderer? What is it? A bar fight. Yeah. A one bar, bar fight. fight, man. Let me tell you, you're just violent forever after you have that. one bar fight, and you become... <laughs> uh, you become a serial killer, basically. And also... Obsessed with crabs. Yeah, like, that made no fucking... I was like what a bar fight doesn't they were like the author was trying to say oh he he committed all these violent atrocities during the bar fight and was like really kind of like hyped up on his own fucking juice and like got all like really i don't know probably got super hard as well and like from (laughs) then got a boner from his own crab juice yeah yeah Yeah, and from then on, Christine was like, oh, and he never, you know, we we never had regular sex again after that. And yeah, so whatever. Fuck all that shit. Anyway, um, once, uh, you know, Pete decides he's going to start sacrificing people to the crabs. Um, So they... His first target is a rich girl who is the daughter of some... I I forget what the... I think it was like a famous animal... Butcher, I don't know. He was, he owned a lot of furs and he was like a super rich dude. And his daughter, Susan Delfore, Delfore, whatever. Um, I don't know, you know, just kind of like a whatever, a, a rich, gir- rich kept girl. Um, and she starts dating this ex-military guy, David Knight. And, you know, not related to Eric from the last episode sadly it's a with a k this time so you know he's a knight in shining armor you see yes he's so chivalrous uh yeah that he'll kick a girl out of his bedroom out of his house when she comes crying over because she got into a fight with her parents and she wants to get laid and sleep over but he's like ah nah babe just like it'll be fine it'll go back it'll blow over in like a week and then she gets kidnapped by pete on the way home and his gang of eco-terrorists and they they strap her up in the woods where the crabs are and she gets sliced apart a whole bunch by crabs chris the crabs aren't in the woods they're in the marshlands i think i think more time is spent describing the marshlands and the various birds that inhabit it than like mostly anything else in this book a marsh is just wet woods okay so same thing Uh, it's not really but uh yeah this guy i don't know he's just talking about a lot of different kinds of birds a lot of different kind of marsh grass and other vegetation, and I was What's like, "What's that? Name, the name shit. of the grass he kept bringing up? It was like spatina grass or spatula grass or something." Spatula, no, it was spatula grass. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't remember. He kept bringing um, up this one specific grass, and I was like, "Is this supposed to like help me? Where some, why do you keep bringing up this one kind of grass?" I, yeah, it, it, it was, it was like, like indigenous to wherever they are. I mean, they're in uh, England. But yeah. yeah, it was similar to Too Far when we re- when we read Too Far. Um, that was uh something that happened a lot in that book too, where the author was just painstakingly describing plants and, and like constantly it was, it was kind of weird. Um, I that's guess that's not good world building, man. Like, like that doesn't really give me much to go by, but like, you know, the plants now, uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, 
Um, and so, yeah, they, they, they kidnap Susan and like, she had only gone on like two dates with David Knight or something. And they had had sex once and like, she gets kidnapped and David Knight is like, I vow revenge. I loved her. I didn't tell her because I was trying to be a a man, but, uh, that I can't believe I kicked her out. I feel so guilty. Now I have to murder the people that murdered her. It's my revenge quest. That is my singular focus. Yep, so that also is just, like, this really shallow puddle uh, to jump into, which is probably full of crabs, too. Um, <laughs> They'll get you. And They're waiting. There's, like, a... Crab puddle is the opener for the, the crab, crab tour, and they're not that good. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there, uh, Meanwhile, <clears throat> while this sort of main storyline is unfolding, there are also a bunch of throwaway chapters that serve no purpose other than to give us snapshots of crab murder with a dash of sex as foreplay. Like, hey, are you going to have sex in the marshes of England? Well, too bad. You're going to get fucking dismembered and eviscerated by crabs. <laughs> there is really no point. There's just some couple that decides to fuck in the marshes, I guess. And then they get torn apart by crabs. And it's not like they're mentioned later in the book, like their death sets something else off. It's just this one-off, like, crab murder scene for people who dared to fuck outside. Yeah, and there are several... It's like in each of them, there are, like, several pages for that chapter. There there are, what, like, four of them or something? I don't know. And this book wasn't very long. It wasn't even 200 pages. So there's all this, yeah, kind of extra throwaway stuff. And then... There were, I believe, two chapters that said at the top, like, at the head of the chapter, it was, like, as told in, you know, Crab's book three, Revenants, or whatever. So I think two of the <laughs> chapters actually came from some of the other Crab's books. So yeah, how much that's original... definitely what happened. I think this might yeah. be, like, a Crab side story. Crab's Gaiden. Yeah, I, it's very weird. Um, We haven't even talked about how terrible the writing is in this book. Uh, the, uh, the author needs to describe things at least two ways at all times. Um, everything has a double description. Uh, he just loves it. Um, there were some, there were some redeeming phrases or sentences, but mostly it was just a bunch of, uh, really these like run on sentences that were just like a bunch of clauses that didn't, really go together very well um my first note in the book is actually uh highlighted the first sentence and said two sentences in this is already a hot crab fire like it's not great um i'll read you those sentences please do the girl's voice was a hoarse vibrating whisper in the eerie stillness of the deserted supermarket her strikingly attractive face deathly white in the glow of the single dim light her lithe body pressed back against a rack of shelves taut and twisted as though she was trying to wriggle in amongst the jars and cans hide herself that is one sentence it's a little awkward yeah also um two sentences later we get the, we get the phrase twin orbs to describe eyes. And for me, that's always like the portent of bad writing to come. Like whenever you yeah. see twin orbs in a piece of writing, just turn the other way. Just go back, put it away. Something. Don't Yeah, keep I've seen going. that so many times too. It's just such like an awkward, <laughs> silly way to describe eyes. It's not artful or anything. No. Nope. It's, it's just like stupidly reductive. Yep. Uh, yeah, he's a little redundant too. Like hunting beast of prey. Like, I mean, it's a like it's a hunting beast or it's a beast of prey. They both imply hunting prey. I I don't know. Um, 
Yeah, some of the phrases burning into your brain like a tumor scan. Yeah, not a great, not I, a great yeah, choice. Yeah, I don't even understand what like like a MRI scan is yeah. that birdie? I, I don't is that know. Hot? Um, and the other the other issue I had, which isn't the writer's fault, uh, partially. So it's written. A lot of this has a uh, like British UK slang. Which I didn't always understand. I mean, I have some British friends, so I understood some of it. But mostly I was just getting confused uh, by some of the phrases and words they were using because it's not really part of, like, American speech, even though we both speak English. And so so that part isn't the author's fault, of course. You know, it's not his fault that I don't understand slang from that part of the world. However, it is his fault that he only chooses random times to write... Uh, to write people's speech with accents. So he gives some of the characters, I think, Cockney accents, but like only at random times. Yeah, and I, so, there was never a consistency about it, any of that. So it was really confusing because everyone was talking normally and then all of a sudden someone was like, Oi, bleh, bleh, and I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> He's I don't... got a good crab on him, doesn't he? And yeah, you're just like, what the fuck i i uh i'm sure there is an example but it's it's later in the book but um yeah it was it was confusing uh for that reason as well i'm sure we'll get to it eventually uh yeah so they sacrifice the rich girl and then david knight um vows revenge. On his revenge quest for it. there's other sacrifices that they make because pete like again he worships the crabs and they that's why they need human sacrifice. There's like a, a park ranger. There's a wild fowler that they sacrifice to the crabs. Um, at one point, one of their own, like the, the kid Alex, I think, is like a member of the eco terrorist cr- crew, mm-hmm. and Pete suspects him as like a snitch, and he kind of is actually. He was about to go to the cops about it, and he gets sacrificed to the crabs at some point. Yep. But they're all honestly just you know immaterial window dressing in terms of the plot. They just happen to die. Oh, sorry, I found my note. Um supposedly pete is a black belt in karate oh okay Um, can we actually while we're talking about pete here's a passage that i like found pretty indicative of like how apparently like pete's a little bit super powered i was gonna say read about about the sword read about the sword (laughs) it's not the sword yet it's actually about pete destroying a gun with his bare hands What? (laughs) yeah like it's 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 wally the wild fowler who had a gun like to shoot ducks and shit and pete that. comes upon him and he at one point in there you know he he gets a gun point at him and then fucking guns pete grasped the magnum by the barrel swung it up and brought it crashing down stock foremost on the iron hard ground woodwork splintered the steel action bent he used his foot as a lever wrenched barrels and stock apart a thousand pounds worth of wreckage in each hand that's one gun that'll never murder again he tossed the remnants over the sea wall before he murdered this guy Oh, that's so right. He, yeah. How do how do you he just tears destroy... apart? A, I guess it's an older gun that's made out of wood still, but like with all the metal work on it, he just fucking rips it apart. Yeah, that doesn't seem very believable. Um. Oh yeah, and Pete. So Christine at the beginning of the book tells us about Pete's trademark sword called the yes. Executioner. <laughs> yes. Um, but the edge lordiest sword yeah, in the fucking world. Exactly. Yeah, it's the edge lordiest sword sword in the world. I mean. Sword, edgelord, haha. <laughs> um, yeah. Because not only is it named something stupid, like who named the sword, but um, it's like a... All right, all right. So if any of you grew up in America in the 90s, I'm going to bet 
that you probably went to a mall at some point. And in that mall, there was probably a kind of sketchy store that sold really shitty weapons. But when you were a kid, you thought they were super cool. And some people you knew probably saved up a bunch of money to buy these, like, shitty fake swords and daggers and, like, nunchucks and shit, right? Well, that's what this sword is. It is it definitely a shitty 100% mall sounds sword. like that shit. It, I, I forget where if it says where he found it or whatever, but uh, I don't know. I, I'm my headcanon is that he stole it from one of those shops like that and well, he just thought it was super cool. Yeah, and because Christine talks about how it has fake gems in it, like it's not real and she <laughs> like she's super afraid of it, but she talks she talks about it and the way she describes it, it makes it seem like yeah it's one of those like shitty decorative swords but he's able to cut someone's head off with it with like two swings which doesn't seem right to me i yeah i yeah it's real dumb uh i don't know i'm trying to i'm like going through my notes here um <laughs> oh that's right uh one of the couples that it exists solely to get murdered by crabs um it's like these two, this couple, and they had just gotten engaged, uh, but they'd only been having sex for two months. In a car. In a cars. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was very strange. Man, I made a lot of notes in this book. I didn't remember that. Oh, that's... How about, can we talk about how anytime the crabs appear, like, click noises in italics start to appear? <laughs> Hey, but Chris, sometimes, like, the click, way the click. onomatopoeia works is not just click, click. It goes click, click, clickety-click. And I have a bone to pick Chris. about the word clickety <laughs> being used British. in a threatening way. <laughs> well, they're but, but, like, <laughs> by <laughs> crabs approaching <laughs> they're, me? They're British crabs, Chris. They're oh, still going to be polite oh, while they're about to murder you. Click, click, I see. Click. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Also, while we're talking about italics... There's, like, some lines in this book that are written in italics for effect, I guess. And I just think that's a really dumb thing to do to, like, try to be extra scary by putting some things in italics or something. It doesn't have any effect on me. And I, yeah, I don't know why either. you do that. Um. Oh, right. He So Pete gets so mad at uh, Alex, that, that guy that was part of the group who was, like, informed on him. Because he ended up having sex with Christine. And, of course, Pete walks in and he says... You dared to touch the executioner, eh? Fucking my woman is one thing, but soiling warrior steel is another. <laughs> what a fucking dork. Holy I know. shit. Yeah, like, how can you take the main character, the main crab character? I can't talk. The main crab character. <laughs> yeah, um... It, uh, how yeah. about I read, actually, since this is, like, one of the better parts, how about I read the scene where that couple that fucks in cars but decides to take it to the marshes one time gets attacked by crabs? So, in this se section here, uh, the crabs have already happened upon them, and they are going for his girlfriend first. Um, and suddenly, movement returned to Louise. A scream first. A piercing yell that vibrated the peaceful summer afternoon cost her three precious seconds during which she might have escaped. Too late. She turned to run, stumbled, a vicious pincer closed over her left ankle, pulled her down. Now she was hysterical, trying to claw a handhold in the soft grass as the creature dragged her towards it, flailing, flaying wildly. A brittle snap. Brian saw what happened in a moment of revulsion and horror, saw her foot severed as easily as a pair of strong pliers might have snapped a length of thin, taut wire. Blood sprayed, spattered the naked, writhing girl, showering her attacker. 
He looked about him for a weapon of some kind, a stone or a stick. But salt marshes are peculiarly devoid of such objects. Just Spartina grass and marsh daisies. Not so much as a piece of rotten flot sam in sight. Helpless naked, he ran to Louise, grasped her outstretched arm. She had gone crazy, was fighting him, screaming, frothing at the mouth. He got a hold on a hand, pulled. Her body became taut, resisted him. The crab had secured her other leg in a firm, razor-sharp grasp. The macabre, nightmarish tug of war that lasted perhaps five seconds, and then her leg was gone, amputated just below the knee. And it goes on like that for another couple pages, essentially. And I think that's not bad horror writing, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, Yeah, I feel like this would be better... This whole thing would have been better if he just hadn't tried to explain it and write a story about people around it. Like, it would have been way better if it was just, like, you know, uh, these horrible scenes of people getting dismembered and, like, eviscerated by crabs. And then little small hints about, like, oh, shit, the crabs are fucked up because people, like, poison them. Oh, fuck, it's, like, nature getting, you know, revenge on people for being shitheads, like... That would have been And way maybe better. something they learned from that could help them fight the crabs or something. Right, right. But, I mean, spoiler alert, Paris, the crabs just end up getting shot by the military and then dying of cancer <laughs> on, like, off-page almost yeah, at the it's... end. It's like, oh, by the way, the crabs just kind of died out and solved themselves. Uh, the end. Yep. Really efficient. Uh, we, should, we should get to the point, I guess, where David Knight... Or David Knight, I guess. No, uh, no, no. How, David Knight. I don't okay, know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he finally catches up to Pete at some point, but he's not the one that kills Pete, I'm pretty sure. Right? Like, uh, doesn't a crab actually get Pete? I think a crab does. Yeah. Um, I found a hilarious note that I made. So, sorry, one, so one of the other throwaway characters is like this sailor, this old, like drunken Scottish sailor that they that Pete and Christine hire to like take them out somewhere uh and they of course of course kill him and like throw him out to the crabs but uh the book like this author loves to describe all these throwaway characters in pretty great detail and when he's describing the drunk scottishman this is how he does so he was six feet two inches tall a muscular black bearded scot who would have graced the packet of any brand of oatmeal cereal with his powerful (laughs) rippling frame <laughs> like, I, I didn't know oatmeal's were specifically like Scottish hunk branded yeah, all the time. Yeah, I was, I was like, what the? That made Shameless me crack brand up. oatmeal, ladies. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> only the hottest men grace our oatmeal tins in Scotland. <laughs> no thin, frail men shall be upset upon the oatmeal. Yeah, uh, there are other things that are weird, like suddenly Christine is, somehow Christine is always surprised by Pete being a murderous asshole when, like, that's just all he's been the whole time. I don't understand why it's surprising to her anymore. Um, Oh, by the way, if you think this builds to a point where Christine, like, finally gets one over on Pete and escapes and, like, you know, has her redemption or get out moment. No, she just dies to a crab at the end. Yep. That's, there's no resolution or anything to that story. There's no learning. It's just Christine had a shitty end of her life and then a crab killed her. Yeah. Uh, oh, the and, end. and like another example of how very stupid Pete is and how he's really just like a, he's like that kid you went to school with who, who just wanted to be really edgy and evil all the time. So when they're killing someone, he carves a swastika into their cheek for no reason. Like, there, yeah. is, there is no mention of Nazis or swastikas or nationalism or racism or anything in this book at all. I but, don't think the guy was even Jewish or anything or nope. German. I think the implication was that, like, 
oh, he was involved. I think he was like a crabber or something or some like a wild fowler. And like because he uh, attacked animals, he's not is bad as a Nazi is, I think was what it's supposed to be. But that's yeah. really you really round the bend the long way there to get to that point. It just seems like you carved a swastika there to like be controversial i don't know like yeah it's it's really stupid um <clears throat> i'm trying to find an, ex uh, an example of the dialogue and how you know it only only chooses sometimes to write things in you know you look for that accent. while i talk about how like like i said the, the book the crab thing just gets resolved like in the background when they all happen to die anyway to the military and the crab cancer um, the Christine thing never goes anywhere because she just dies through a crab. I guess David Knight gets his on Pete after a while because, you know, he dies and Pete is it's somehow involved in making the crabs attack Pete finally or something. But it all just kind of feels like nothing ended in a satisfactory way or not like it. It just kind of happens in random order and everything is chaos. And why did you even bother to like connect any dots in anything? This whole book could have been three chapters of uh, Pete kidnaps and kills a bunch of people. He kidnapped and killed the wrong person this one time. That guy tracks him down and then they all die to crabs. But yep. the crabs also die too. Yep. So who really wins? Yeah, it's And what's pretty... the point of the story? It's like, what am pointless. I supposed to learn from it? Yeah, it's it feels very pointless. It feels like there's nothing to really learn here. Um, I guess it's just like pulp crab horror, but even then it's not great because there's nothing compelling beyond a couple of nicely written crab torture scenes, which I'm not really <laughs> looking for all the time. Yeah. I gotta say. Yeah, and you know what? I did actually, in my notes, I made fun of the whole... So in the book, they... Uh, the author makes a point that the crabs worship the moon a couple of times. And I was like, Oh, that's so dumb. But apparently that's like kind of real. So, oh, um, what you mean? Like those crab moon cults? What? Yeah. Like, well, maybe not in quite an organized and conscious Please way, elaborate. but, um, so I, so I, um, I solicited some crab facts from my friends <laughs> via Facebook, which was, uh, which I was I was hoping to get. Uh, That's some of... the math rock band on that tour, Bill. Crab facts. Yeah, crab yeah. facts on tour with Crab Alter, the black metal band, <laughs> Crab Lore, the uh, doom metal band, and yep. then there was another one that I forgot. It was a joke I made earlier. About the opener. <laughs> That's how forgettable they are. Yeah, uh, and I was hoping. So I I I think I've mentioned this before, but I once worked uh, with a bunch of marine science experts at a former job and i was hoping to net a bunch of their comments um of course before any of my crab expert friends replied i got a bunch of lovely comments about um uh let's see laura says i knew a girl who went to a bachelorette party once started going blind and itchy in one eye and goes to the doctor the next day turns out it was a crab from the crotch of the hot cop stripper from the night before <laughs> yep, that sounds so, a little bit made up somehow. Yep. I was like, and that crab's name was Albert Einstein. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, uh, my friend Brendan says Marilyn Manson got crabs when he lost his virginity. I was like, yep, I remember reading about that, that too. Actually, you know what? He sucked his own dick and got his crabs from him, his own self, <laughs> into his own <laughs> okay, mouth. No, that part's not true. Uh, <laughs> Ganesh reminds us that uh, crabs are fucking delicious. Also, they can wield knives, and then it lent, it, it ended up with a bunch of people like posting videos i'm so sad that the crab that got pete in the end didn't wield the executioner yeah what on the him. fuck what like
at how? least give me some of that God, like comeuppance, like at bare minimum. I know, and that's also what's on the fucking cover of the book, and then it never happens. There, yeah. there's so crabs can hold knives in real life. Like we're talking real crabs in yeah. current reality. And guess what this book doesn't have? Crabs wielding knives. Even though the cover of the book is a fucking crab wielding a sword. God damn it. That was something that really bothered me. Worst bait me. and switch of this whole fucking thing, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so after everyone got their like, haha crabs jokes and my friend Cynthia, who is actually a crab scientist, like she has <laughs> degrees in this. crab scientist. Uh, yeah, she... Uh, she gave us some cool facts, and uh, the one that I, I was talking about, about the moon, she said that um, crabs release their eggs in cycle with the tides because they're a species that are dependent on a fuller new moon, and they are very in tune with lunar cycles. And I was like, holy oh, fuck, so okay. I did not think that was real. So I that guess was... that this book has the tiniest amount of depth to it, Just I suppose. Just a little. Um, some other cool facts. Uh, most crabs can regrow limbs, but it's very energy costly. Um, and they can detach limbs at will as a means to escape predators if they feel like it's better to sacrifice them than dying completely. I've seen videos of crabs tearing their own pincer off sometimes. Yep. Uh, let's see. Uh... Other cool crab facts. Crab facts. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, Chris asked her about um, how a crab shell would hold up against mortars and gunfire. Yeah, okay, because the crabs are, like, super resistant to damage in this book, and something in my head makes me think that if you made a crab bigger, the shell would just get more brittle instead of harder. But Because you're using up more, like, surface area, so it's, like, harder to build a thicker structure. Yeah, but as Cynthia pointed out, um, it depends on how long it's had to calcify since its last molt, apparently crabs molt, um, and it also depends on its nutrition, um, and it, it could actually be quite beastly and fairly thick, but she did say that was all theoretical because, of course, you know, she doesn't have any data because this is okay, all fantasy. Okay, but let's say all the crabs have cancer and aren't in good health. They probably wouldn't have super tough shells, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess... I guess it depends on what part of the body the cancer was attacking, right? Because. Yeah, I guess you're right. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. Oh, speaking but, uh... of crab anatomy, do crabs have lips or mouths? Oh, man, yeah. Because this was... book seems to imply like... that crabs have mouths. Well, I mean, they have they have mouths, but the book talks about their, like, luscious crab lips a couple of times. <laughs> and I was like, I don't think the crab lips are like. That's the 70s funk band on that crab L- band. <laughs> You know what? I wish I had not already made the shitty image for this episode. I wish I would have. I would have waited and made a tour poster for this crab tour. Oh, I remember the other one. Okay, so crab puddle is the opener. Right. Uh, crab lore, and then crab altar. Then we got crab facts and uh, luscious crab lips to close oh out the night. My God. <laughs> I wish to make this happen. Um, yeah, but yeah, it talks about their lips in this like. I don't know, as though they're human. They're always frothing and salivating and burbling and bubbling. Yeah, um, pouted. They're always pouted. And I was like, <laughs> I don't think they... got they... That, that Kylie Jenner lip treatment before they went out to murder people. Bunch of crabs in the beauty salon. I mean, and like, crabs have mouths, of course. And gotta put I, the food and somewhere. I, and I think technically they have mouth parts that might be considered lips but they are not in any way able to pout them and they definitely don't look anything like human lips uh so that was strange i i don't really know how the crab could be pouting uh one of the crabs also kills someone by like giving them a weird crab kiss then eating their face and i was like that's really dumb um 
Yeah. So th- thank you to Cynthia, our resident crab expert, for giving us some cool crab facts um, and helping us understand that uh, crabs are actually really in tune with the moon. And uh, if they develop some form of uh, disease and revenge-fueled sentience, they may actually worship the moon. Yeah, so, I, I mean, some st- we don't have to criticize everything about this book. There's some things that are kind of neat like that. So I guess anything related to the, the crab lore is kind of all right. But uh, once again, just because the crabs are honestly just in the background to leap out from the shadows to murder every once in a while, it doesn't... I don't know, just nothing feels like well-woven together in this book. It's all loose, stringy crab meat that you shredded and just kind of made a shitty salad out of that doesn't really feel like all the parts go together. It's like you separated the mayo and the crab parts out, and I guess whatever you put into a crab salad, I don't know. Yeah, I really... This this metaphor is really labored. Yeah, like I said, I really just wish this guy had published um, very short horror pieces about crab murder like really focused in on that because that's where the that's where the author succeeds in some way um is his his descriptions of torture and murder um and and like i said you know maybe just like given hints about the whole you know humans versus the non-human environment kind of stuff and it would have probably been good but instead he just gets caught up in stringing a bunch of clauses together when it doesn't make sense to do that like he just loves run on sentences and uh, yeah spartina grass and and, and curlews oh the curlews are always calling they're always calling the curlews to the spartina grass i don't know that just sounds like some (laughs) kind of sing songy line to me yeah um i don't know uh, I, I honestly don't know that I have much more to say about this other than... Because there isn't anything to say besides, oh, there's a permanently co- rock-hard, mall-sword-wielding asshole <laughs> that murders a bunch of people. Yeah. His hard dick and his mall-sword just constantly splayed out before him in a quest for crab vengeance. Yeah, I mean, I guess we could maybe talk about the whole animal rights group thing but i mean there's kind uh, of like an anti-lefty slant to like some of the tone yeah. of this book like oh they're liberal loonies on oh, the libby, attack libby loonies. right libby loonies that's what they call them i forgot about that 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 kind of caught me off guard because i was like what are they saying it, you know it's just one of those like uh, was there phrase. ever some kind of like liberal eco-terrorist group that sacrificed people to like what is the basis for thinking like oh they're at it again with their crab cults. Yeah, I well, I just think that they that since Pete has taken control of the group, there's been more um, kind of like eco-terrorism. The book actually starts, um, I'm sure, I don't know if anyone remembers me reading that one sentence about Christine hiding in the supermarket. It's because the book opens with Pete and Christine uh, sneaking into supermarkets and injecting all the turkeys with cyanide. Uh, and then, of course, these turkeys were sold and a bunch of people died on christmas i think um you know whole families children adults everything uh if they ate the turkey and i mean i honestly don't think any animal rights group would do that because it's pretty stupid and it doesn't it doesn't actually solve anything or advance your cause if anything it just makes people kind of like camp down harder on their thoughts for hating you and what you stand for so i guess their their aim was like people would be afraid of buying turkey after that yeah I, yeah but i mean there's a bunch of other meat people could eat right yeah I, it again it's a really i don't but the rest of this book also seems to take a shitty tone against people that are 
environmentally conscious or liberal in general because most of the characters are like, oh, those Libby Loonies at it again. Yeah, the like, like you would expect them to be. It's or like liber, expected liber somehow. Or Loonies. Yeah, I, f- I forget. But yeah, all the, yeah, it's, yeah, I don't know. Was if... he trying to make a point about like all you environmental assholes are just ruining everything? Like what? No, or you're I don't, just crazy. I don't. I don't think so. No. I mean, he. So I. I didn't do a whole lot of research, but apparently Guy and Smith, which sounds like the most made up name in the world, yeah, and maybe that's it the is, fakest shit. Yeah, I've ever heard. it's it's like it's like catching an alien is and being like, yeah, if you're human, what's your name? And the alien's like, uh, G- Guy. <laughs> Smith. Yeah. Yeah. I'm um uh a human son, uh, Bob Humanson. Oh my God! What if? What if Guy and Smith is a crab that survived? Oh my god, Paris. Oh my god. I think that's what happened. <laughs> I figured it out. All right, all right, Guy Smith. The jig is up. Go back to your watery lair. I see you writing all your crab books. There's only one way you can know so much about crabs. No, appara- apparently, crab. apparently Guy Smith is uh Guy N. Smith was a prolific author. <laughs> He, he sure wrote a lot of crap books. Uh, yeah, he sure wrote a lot of books. Uh, I don't know that, that makes him any good, but apparently a lot of people like his stuff. Um, in fact, we were uh, unable to buy a physical copy of Crabs, the Human Sacrifice, because physical copies are worth like at least $120 or some shit. Like, yeah, popular. They're, they're, uh, well, no, I think that there's rare because they probably didn't do like a, a very large pressing and then they kind of got a cult following because they were you know gory silly stuff and sometimes people are into that um so yeah uh i don't know if you don't have anything else to say i'm, uh, I'm just i gonna really go, don't just gonna close that's, the shit it's out. all crab lore and crab puddles and crab scientists and crab terrorists crab terrorists yeah uh so crabs, the final decision is don't read this fucking book don't read the crab series it's a waste of your time uh that's that's how i feel chris yeah, I, I this is I didn't feel like I learned anything. Nothing was fu- like even the horror scenes. While fine, that's all they were. I've read better horror stuff that was more interesting. Everything was too loosely woven for me to care about anything. So it just seemed like a pointless exercise in the in, in its entirety. So it definitely goes on the terrible list for me. Yeah. Um, so thanks to uh, Reddit user Dick Dasterly for suggesting it. Thanks to Cynthia for imparting real crab knowledge on us. Much appreciated. Um, and... Thank you for your crab scientist knowledge. <laughs> yes. Um... Your crab knowledge. And uh, thank you, of course, to our patrons. Thank you to Dari, Greg, Veronica, Will, and Dee. Uh, they fund this show and make it possible for us to afford hosting and books uh, each month. If you want to also be cool and become a patron, head over to patreon.com slash join slash terrible book club to check out our extra content and rewards. Uh, We do really like when people say hi and interact with us as well. Um, So even if you're not interested or can't afford to become a patron, uh, you know, talking to us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook is just as cool. Um, You can also send us an email to terriblebookclub at gmail.com if you so desire. Um, and lastly, if you enjoy the show, just do us a favor and share the show on social media, uh, write us an iTunes review or tell your friends about it or all three of those things even. Um, yeah. So all that stuff helps the show grow, uh, helps, you know, rope more people into this fucking garbage pile. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we can talk about crabs. Ugh. This one. All right. Well, Paris, do you have anything else to add on this, uh, crabby October night? Um, do we want to tell anyone what the next book is? 
Um, or or one, give them some it's, hints. It's a definitely an interesting one. How about, I mean, we can hint at it. It's an autobiography. Yeah, it's of, nonfiction. It's a nonfiction autobiography. Um, just, just about, it's basically about some random fucking guy. You know what? Honestly, let's, I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. It's, if you ever want to read an autobiography yeah. about some fucking guy, here we go. Yeah, it's, it's just, uh, Chris actually props to Chris for just finding this gem on this Amazon. This might be we my looking... crowning achievement in terrible book yeah, club research it, so far. Yeah, this, this was, this was, yeah, definitely. Like if we, if we were talking about these terrible books as though they were some kind of gem or mineral, I mean, Chris found the rarest of gems. Yeah, it's just, uh, mm, you're not going to find anything like this no, uh, in, in no. your standard bookstore, I believe. Um, And part of me feels a little bad because it's a dude's life. And, like, I can't sit here and refute the things that happened in his life. Because what the fuck do I know? It's his life. I'm sure all these things really happened. But we're going to talk about how it's presented and uh, all the writing. And Chris is going to have a special spreadsheet and some, some counts for us oh, of certain God. things. Oh, God. I'm going to have to like start data tabulating for this. Uh, this... Yeah. And you better do it because I think it's <laughs> oh, going to yield gonna, like, some results. Are you going to unleash the crabs on me if I don't? Is that? Yeah. I'm going to unleash the crabs. Watch out. Fuck. All right. Shit. All right, Paris. Well, I better get cracking on that then. Yeah. And, I'll uh, be cracked up by uh, crab claw. <sighs> Oh my god. Uh, lastly, happy Halloween, everyone. This episode is coming out either the day before Halloween or the day of. So happy Halloween. Have a safe and spooky time out there. I'll be going to a lot of shows and probably not dressing up, but drinking a lot and eating a lot of candy. So uh, I all wish right. you all lots of booze and candy. Happy Halloween from the Terrible Club. Crab by Paris. <laughs> click, click, clickety, click. Click, 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 click. <laughs> Un- 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 until click. click next clickety click time. Click, 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 click. <laughs> Bye, guys.